Hey rock stars, I'm Lydia Billings. And I'm Colleen Starcoke. And you're listening to Rules Aren't Real, a Rowan Coaching production. Have you ever followed a rule that didn't end up serving you? Here's an example. I can't be an artist and make money. Or how about this one? You can't start a new career after 30. Colleen and I want to explore why people often follow these rules, even though they aren't always awesome. Every other week, we'll dissect and debunk a societal, cultural, or individual rule invented by humans. We'll also look at some of the neuroscience behind why we're wired to follow the beaten path. On the alternating weeks, we'll interview a super rad real-life guest who has achieved badass results by completely breaking the previous week's rule. Get ready to climb out of that box, folks. Welcome to Rules Aren't Real. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Rules Aren't Real, a Rowan Coaching production. Uh, I'm Colleen Starcoke, and I'm here with my co-host, Lydia Billings. Say hi. Hi, guys. <laughs> and we are super excited to introduce you to our special guest today, Lauren Slusser. She is a filmmaker, comic artist, and doula, and I dare you to come up with a cooler combination than that. She's originally from Oakland um, and is currently studying children's media at Teachers College at Columbia University. Before she moved here, she studied directing at UCLA and worked at Nickelodeon as the post-production manager for the preschool series Dora the Explorer. So oh my cool. God, so cool. <laughs> Hi, Lauren. How's things? Hi, guys. Oh, it's great. It's great to be talking to you. Yay! Awesome. Welcome. So today, we are continuing to debunk the rule, women should wear makeup. Lauren, tell us a little bit about your history with this rule. Well, like many young women, I started wearing makeup and playing around with makeup like as early as grade school and started wearing it to school probably starting in middle school. And then, you know, would wear some form of eyeliner or lip gloss or and concealer pretty much every day throughout my adolescence. And it wasn't until I came to my first semester of college that I started questioning that and kind of made a change where I stopped wearing makeup, I stopped shaving, I also stopped kind of purchasing consumer items. I kind of went to an extreme, uh, figuring out kind of where my boundaries were, having a more natural lifestyle and, and seeing what worked for me. And what, what made you interested in exploring this option? Like what precipitated this switch? It was actually part of a healing process, I would say, for my eating disorder that I had for a few years during high school. Mm -hmm. And yeah, um, so I spent a lot of high school, like many people, feeling really terrible about my appearance and about my body in particular and would spend a lot of time coming into the bathroom and looking at myself and like mentally telling myself how ugly I was and various parts of my body were and led to a lot of restricted eating and like kind of hyper appearance consciousness that a lot of people experience and the only way that I found to recover from the psychological side of my eating disorders was to kind of retrain myself in the messages that I told myself about my appearance. It was much quicker for me to 
change my eating patterns to a healthy, to back to healthy eating habits. But to stop telling myself every day how ugly I was was really more insidious and, and more difficult. And what I found worked for me, I started kind of when I went to college because I just couldn't live with it anymore. I started when I was alone, I would just take a minute, look in the mirror, look at different parts of my body and just say to myself, this is beautiful, this is beautiful, this is beautiful. And so like I have really bushy eyebrows and I plucked them really heavily for a long time. But when I started telling myself, no, those are beautiful or that my body hair or leg hair or my face was beautiful, it made sense to me to stop trying to alter them because that's kind of my the thinking of my eating disorder was telling me to do was to change myself but when I started thinking of myself as already inherently perfect and and good and acceptable that's kind of how I shifted towards uh, avoiding makeup and mm. mm -hmm. thank you for sharing that with us yeah this is so awesome did that make sense? Is that cool? Totally. Yeah. What a what a what an incredibly brave um, choice to make, especially given everything that you were going through, right? Like I I had no idea that that you were dealing with an eating disorder when you were younger, and it makes the choice you made to like fully accept your body for what it is that more meaningful for me personally. So, rock on. That's like so cool. <laughs> I, just, I really like the approach, um, you know, this is something we didn't talk about in our last episode, Lydia, the idea that not wearing makeup and choosing to not alter yourself um, is a form of radical self-love that can lead to healing. Yeah, we didn't talk about that at all, so mm -hmm. it's perfect that Lauren is bringing that up. Tell us a little bit more about what challenges you faced on your journey. Well, certainly when I tried to start telling myself that my body and my appearance were fine and good and beautiful as they were, I felt really cheesy and kind of dumb doing it. And it just, I just had no other option because it was so hard to live with every day. So I just did it even though it sounded stupid. Mm -hmm. And having it just kind of be this personal process of transforming the way that I thought was interesting. And I remember when I was a freshman in college, I had stopped self-altering. I stopped cutting my hair and shaving and all that stuff for a few months. And I told one of my male friends, and he just straight up looked at me and he said, that's disgusting. Wow. <laughs> and, wow. <laughs> uh, I didn't even know what to, to say. I thought that people, like, even especially like in, in art school, would be cool with that. But I was surprised to meet with resistance from a friend at the time. That really feeds into the, the misogyny and, and sexism that can, can happen when it comes to makeup, when it comes to these beauty standards, right? That um, Meanwhile, I'm sure your friend was not wearing makeup or altering his face or shaving his legs, but the fact that you were making that choice was utterly disgusting. To do something that was just accepting the actual way that you came into the world, that all of us come into the world, really, including him, was somehow repulsive and wrong. Exactly. And I did, a, I remember I did a live journal entry around that time where I said, this is the decision that I've made recently. I'm 
benefiting a lot from these decisions, mm -hmm. and this is what I'm doing. And one of another male friend responded, "We don't want to hear any of this feminazi rant on this page." And this was like a like a male friend, and I nothing was like militant or mm -hmm. Nazi-ish about my post. I was just talking about my experience, and I was shocked that people reacted so strongly to it because it seemed like this is how we're all, yeah, exactly, like how we're all born and why is it not okay to leave the house the way that you are. Did it cause you at all to reevaluate some of these friendships? <laughs> um, yes, definitely. <laughs> I mean, I'm just curious. It may not have, but yeah, I'm yeah. curious. Um, you know, like this is one of those things We've talked about this in coaching, right, Lydia? And, and, and I think, Lauren, you and I have also talked about this in our, in our work together. A lot of times when people coach, when they make decisions to improve themselves, sometimes you lose people in your life because everybody is much more comfortable being um, sort of mediocre together. <laughs> and when you make an effort to lift yourself up and to make some strong choices, some brave choices, a lot of times that can alienate the people who are very comfortable with the status quo. No, totally, absolutely, and it. I was very much like, oh, now I know what you're about and how deep your thinking goes on this subject. Mm -hmm. And I, but I, I had really met with very minimal resistance at the time. Besides those examples, mm -hmm. I, it was really inspiring to see how many of my other women friends kind of followed my lead at that point. And or perhaps we're already going on a similar process themselves, but I found after I kind of came out as wanting to try this that I had um, women friends that were also on board, and I wasn't the only person who was going going natural, quote unquote. Sure. Did you have any man friends who were on board? Yes, I had a really, really awesome connection with one of my friends um, who met, I, I went to middle school and high school and college with this friend, and he was like a hairy guy, and we went to a Catholic high school together, and he was always made to shave his beard in our high school, and I, that seemed really unfair to me, so he was like, well, like, I, I totally understand how you feel, Lauren, because I felt like, I, my natural state was being fought against by our Catholic high school, and I hope you have hold men to the same standards where you don't think they need to shave their beards to be acceptable. And I was like, I don't. Go grow your beard. I think it's great. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Cool. Lydia, what questions do you have for Lauren? I'm curious about a couple things. So I am of the understanding that you have been makeup free for 10 years. Did I make that up or is that accurate? That is accurate. It's been cool. since I first started college. Wow. And what has the impact been on your relationship with yourself? We've, you started to share about this a little bit, but also your relationship with what it means to be beautiful or just your understanding of beauty and what other pe have, have other people's opinions about that shifted in the last 10 years simply by being around you? I think it's a series of kind of interconnected factors that have all led to this result. 
when I stopped wearing makeup, I was in that process of accepting my own appearance. And in high school and early college, like, I didn't really get much male attention that I was aware of. And I just always longed for it. But finally, in college, when I s stopped going through all of this effort um, to do grooming things that would make me attractive, I finally started getting a lot more attention. I was called hot for the first time. It was very new to me. <laughs> and that felt really amazing. And to be honest, I have never felt more beautiful than when I stopped doing these modifications. And it makes me feel... I feel so proud that this is really me and that what people are liking and what they're attracted to is just me with nothing on top and that feels I feel really safe about that and I it makes me feel happy that that people like me the way that I walk out the door in the morning. Yeah. God damn it, you're giving me all the warm fuzzies right now. I know. Now. <laughs> it's I like love this is 100% me and that's it. So no, but it's so true, right? Yeah. Like Lydia, in our last episode, we were talking about how the same amount of confidence that a woman can get when she puts on makeup, the the difficulty there is that when you take off the makeup, you're taking off that same amount of confidence. Does that resonate for you at all, Lauren? Totally. And you're actually making me you're bringing up this this question that I have for you guys that I ask myself, and mm -hmm. I I imagine that you guys have thoughts about it. So, as you have seen, I now do cut my hair. I, I have an orange streak in my hair. I have bangs. I have a haircut. And those are things that I wouldn't have done in college when I was in my all-natural. And why do I still feel it's okay to have dyed hair? And why would you want to have pink hair or a nose ring? Somehow, doing things like that still feel to me like I am more myself when I have those things, mm -hmm. even though they're not, didn't come naturally with my body. And I'm curious if you guys have felt that way. Oh, absolutely. I mean, oh, hell yes. I, Lydia, I'm sure you'll be able to speak to this. For you know, for me, I remember telling um, my ex when I first dyed my hair pink. I looked in the mirror and I said, I don't really understand how this is true, but I feel like I finally found my natural color. And he was like, It's pink. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I was like, no, I know that it's pink, but I really feel like pink is my natural color. Like, I don't know how to express it, but when I go into the world with pink hair, I feel like people understand who I am without me having to explain it. That is maybe what it's about. Totally. Wearing you know? a little of your specialness on, on the outside. Yeah, and it, it really does feel like it's for me. I mean, I liked my brown hair. I, I've liked all the versions of my hair. But um, the pink hair is something like, you know, like I've literally had, um, you know, now I'm dating and stuff, and I've had guys be like, oh, I wish you would just kind of keep it blonde. The blonde is so hot and sexy. And I'm like, I mean, that's cool, but it's not for you. Like, <laughs> if it happens to be blonde when we hang out, then I guess just enjoy it, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, if I think about, you know, for me, so I've got, you know, nose piercings and, um, I used to have a mohawk. I've had, I used to shave my whole head, like all sorts of, I've had every color of hair and style of hair that, right. And, and I have tattoos, you know, it's never occurred to me that those things are taking away from who I am, but more that they actually enhance who I am. 
-hmm. So and I don't need them to be who I am. So mm -hmm. it's kind of like this added bonus of self-expression. It's like, hey, mm -hmm. this is like, this is the way I want to express myself, and like, here's how I look today, and I love that. You know, I love that I can share that with people, and that it doesn't necessarily mean anything about who I am or who I'm not. And I think in some ways, you know, one thing I will say, I, I don't know if you've experienced this, Lydia, or you, um, Lauren, I mean, I guess probably both of, all of us have in some uh, incarnation, but one reason you know it's not for other people is that um, depending on the environment I'm in, I make people uncomfortable. And the whole purpose of living up to a societal beauty standard is sort of the opposite of that, to make everybody feel comfortable, right? Like, when you show up to work without makeup, everybody's like, oh my god, are you tired? Are you super depressed? Is there something wrong with you? I feel weird about this. And same thing with the pink hair. Sometimes I show up, like, <laughs> I went recently to the Met, because, you know, I'm a, I'm a former opera singer, and whenever my dad comes into town, we go to the Met, and he's a donor, so we go into the little, like, special donor room that's just full of, like, old white ladies, and they looked at me like I was a plague upon their houses. <laughs> it was kind of, and I'm sitting there like, I promise you I can have pink hair and enjoy opera simultaneously, you know? But yeah. <laughs> it's interesting what, what it brings up in the people around us. I was thinking a lot, of, a lot of the time when I first started dyeing my hair after kind of coming out of the non-modification period of my life, why is it okay for me to change my hair when I don't think it's okay for me to change my armpit hair, for example. And I feel like we don't get societal messages that say, your natural brown hair is ugly and unacceptable. Yeah, true. Yeah, we definitely don't. Yeah. So there's no social consequence for me to change my hair. Um, to have a haircut or to diet, but though you are saying there is social consequence in certain circles to have bright pink hair. Well, so, sure, and same thing with tattoos and piercings, right? Yes, no, exactly, exactly. I was struck by how you guys were saying that piercings and hair can be more of an expression of who you are on the outside, and certainly why can't makeup also be that? Mm -hmm. and I wouldn't judge anyone for using it to, to that end. Yeah, of course. But I feel like it's not a choice for a lot of people. People feel like it's an obligation or a rule, as you guys may have talked about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we were looking at, you know, why, why is it that a woman is expected to wear makeup when she goes to work? Why is that part of her professional appearance? Why, why does she have to wear heels? Why, you know, is she seen as less capable if she doesn't? All of these sort of, yeah, rules. <laughs> I'm curious what your experience has been in the professional environment, Lauren. I know you've worked at Nickelodeon and some other places. Um, have you ever gotten any kind of commentary about your, your choice to, to abstain from makeup? Interestingly enough, one of my best friends from Nickelodeon told me she, w she went to business school and she said that women who wear glasses and wear makeup are the most trusted demographic in a professional environment. Hmm. And so that was her reason for wearing makeup. And she also wears glasses. Mm -hmm. So I think if you want to kind of conform to <laughs> that, that image that people view as trustworthy and professional, then that 
use that and use that to your advantage. I think that's what she was doing. Mm -hmm. But I said to her, I was like, shouldn't we change the type of people that get respect and get trust in professional environments by being ourselves and being trustworthy and worthy of respect in other ways? Mm -hmm. And I've never had any comments made about my makeup or appearance at work. But I did recently go through kind of a, a similar recent transition where I stopped wearing bras to work. <laughs> and that Did everybody I, freak the fuck out at you? <laughs> I feel like I, I like notice people's eyeballs on my like exposed nipple, like like not exposed nipples, but on my visible nipples, perhaps. But I just, like, I feel like I'm just acclimating them to it. They'll get used to it, and then it's, like, not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so I great. I love it. They're in nipple training. <laughs> well, this is just what my nipples look like, and now you guys know. So <laughs> now we can just hang out. Now we can move forward with life. <laughs> right, totally. Would you say that breaking this rule has, you know, one thing we talk about here is we're not just all about raking, raking rules. I'm a mess today. Breaking rules uh, just because, right? It's really does it serve you? So, in this case, would you say that you have that this choice has led to greater personal or professional success on your own terms, whatever success looks like to you? I would say, Colleen, that this is was the best decision that I've made in my entire life. Wow. And, yeah, I didn't make it on on purpose to have to make it improve my overall life. I just did it so that I could like get through the day, you know, without mm -hmm. being devastated. And the the confidence that I get from it and the the self-acceptance on a very basic level just led me to feel more socially confident, more professionally confident, and I feel I feel calm, I feel more comfortable. It's it's priceless. Self confidence <laughs> is priceless, and I never knew it before. This is that's how I came to it was through stopping makeup and stuff. But uh, that that was the first time I'd ever felt that feeling. You must also enjoy the feeling of not spending money on makeup or time on makeup these days, huh? Oh, dude, yeah, that's like I don't understand. Like, do people wake up early? Like, how do people do all this maintenance? I could not imagine. <laughs> Girl, some days I just don't even, like, it's hard enough for me to take a shower. I don't even do it every day. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, no. I do feel like I miss out on, like, the physical and dexterity skills that people who have been doing it for the past 10 years when I haven't been doing it have gained, like, in terms of doing eyeliner application. Because if there is, like, a show or, like, a performance that I want to wear makeup for, or like a costume, then I then I suck at it. <laughs> I did I did lose things along the way. That's it's, what friends are for. Exactly, exactly. And it sounds like you know what you lost in eyeliner dexterity, you gained in personal self worth, which is a trade that I think I would probably make. <laughs> Definitely worth making. Yeah. <laughs> Why would you say that this is a a rule that people should consider so we're not saying don't wear makeup, that's not what we're doing here, but why would you say that this is worth at least thinking about? I think that wearing makeup is such an unquestioned expectation and rule 
that I would encourage anyone to stop and question the reasons why they're doing it. And is it a form of self-expression or is it something that they're trapped by? And is it something that as they're applying makeup, they're like, oh, I'm covering this ugly part of my face or I'm trying to change this part of my face that I don't like. And what does it mean to be telling yourself those messages every day implicitly? I, I feel like would had a really bad effect on me. And like, oh, I hate my, my pimple or my skin or my nose shape. And when you're telling yourself that every day, I feel like that gets you down. <laughs> and instead, doing things that tell you that your body is beautiful and acceptable and perfect tend to have a positive effect on your mood and confidence. It worked for me. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> awesome. We were sort of grappling with this question last week when Colleen and I were talking in our last episode, right? So the, the sort of relationship between breaking this rule and feminism. So, like, does it make someone a feminist inherently if they do or don't wear makeup? Or, you know, like, why or why not? And I'm curious, you know, I, I certainly don't think it does. Um, but I'm curious about your perspective um, on that, Lauren. What thoughts do you have about that? Or have people said things to you about it, you know, in that context? Yeah. When I first was considering not wearing makeup and not shaving, I was also, I had just taken my first women's studies class and <laughs> gained a lot of uh, consciousness that I really was empowered by and excited by. And... So I did consider it a feminist issue for me. And like many feminist issues, I think that it is one of having a choice over what you do with your body. And is wearing makeup, is shaving really a choice if there are such consequences, social or professional, for not following those expectations? And if everyone's doing it, is it really a choice? And that is what kind of in, inflamed me on this issue at the time politically. And I felt like I had to make the opposite choice to see what it was like. And it, that, and it really worked for me. But um, I, I think it's horrible <laughs> that people are expected to change anything about their, their appearance in order to be viewed as worthy of love or uh, being attractive or um, worthy of being in a professional environment. Because I think people are beautiful. <laughs> and bodies are, are beautiful. So I think that from a perspective of choice, it is a feminist issue if the choice is perhaps an illusion. Yeah, that's very good. <laughs> but clearly, it's a choice... Like, if you're making the choice to wear makeup, I hope that it is an examined choice. And because it is, wearing makeup is such a gendered activity, I think it deserves to be examined from a political and a feminist perspective. Yeah, we were talking before about how if a woman doesn't wear makeup, she's perceived as doing something wrong, but if a man wears makeup, he's perceived as doing something wrong. So, you know, why is it that this rule exists for women and not for men, and what is what gets wrapped up in that, you know, on deeper levels? 
Totally, and it has this fascinating kind of ancient cultural history of both genders wearing makeup for ceremony or for daily use. And is makeup to enhance your secondary sex characteristics, like women having redder lips? But I just learned recently from Reddit that men have longer eyelashes. So wearing like mascara and stuff is actually like making you look more masculine. But <laughs> it's, it's our culture's view of femininity and our culture's view of masculinity. And for mating purposes and attractiveness purposes, of course you want to enhance your sexual appeal. And maybe there's a time and place for that, but it may not be every day or in order for you to feel like you're okay or you're beautiful. And yeah. maybe enhancing your, your sexual attractiveness is not uh, a one-to-one -one linear thing with wearing makeup. That's the other consideration, right? Totally. Confidence is 99% of it, right? Sure, and it sounds like, you know, you really found that when you stopped wearing makeup in, in college and that's when sort of people started calling you hot and all these other things. Um, I mean, you know, part of that probably had to do with, with no makeup, but most of that probably had to do with how you saw yourself. Yes, and when I wasn't spending half hour every day telling messages to myself that I wasn't okay or that something needed to be hidden about myself, that, that takes so much energy. That's such a negative suck on your, on your day. I'm wondering what sort of um, tips and tricks you would give somebody who wants, to, who wants to try this out, who's interested in breaking this rule but is maybe worried as being seen as unprofessional or who's worried about getting shitty feedback from their male friends or their female friends, honestly. Do you have any, any kind of... Uh, heads up you'd like to share or any advice? That's a really nice question. Uh, <laughs> so as I mentioned, kind of this internal mantra of confidence worked for me. But something on a daily basis that helps me to feel more confident is to maintain really good hygiene. <laughs> and even though I'm not grooming it with makeup or certain other ways, I am showering, I'm making sure that I smell in a neutral way to people around me and I feel really good like when my hair looks healthy and shiny. So there are other ways that I that I feel beautiful besides um, putting makeup on some days. And that gives me that same type of confidence. I'm like, oh my hair looks so full and shiny today because it's so healthy. <laughs> <laughs> What about what advice you might give to somebody who does encounter resistance to their no-make adventure or experimentation um, from coworkers or from friends? Yeah, and I, I have been lucky to not have experienced much of that professionally or with my friends, but even the two experiences that I had, I had a couple more just randomly out on the street, but they stay with you for so long and you replay them over in your mind and anytime someone tells you that you're ugly or something like that you hear over and over again way more than you replay being told that you're beautiful and the things that I find that work for me is like writing about it and reminding myself why I'm doing it expressing my anger to a friend or to family members or writing about how angry I feel that someone had that negative reaction to me but knowing that you're coming from the right place and that you're doing it for the right reasons 
I think just having those reminders is what helped me to stick with it. Because there have been plenty of times when, I've, when I have, you know, felt my resolve weaken or I've felt unattractive in the past 10 years. Like, oh, my God. But um, it does help me to think about the values, the reasons that I'm doing it. It all goes back to what I think is important in a larger sense. I love it. I love it. Any other questions that you have for, for Lauren today before we wrap up our, our 13th episode? Oh, my goodness. Let's see. Do I have anything else? I don't think so. I'm, I'm just really inspired by, you know, you, Lauren, and where this choice came from. You just spoke about it, right, the values that are most important to you. And thank you for being someone who is willing to put your values before you know, other people's thoughts and opinions of you. It's really quite moving. Mm -hmm. And I think um, totally is in line with what we're up to here, you know, empowering people to make choices that work for them rather than what they think they should do based on society's rules. So um, you're a perfect rule breaker. Thank you for being with us. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> what a high compliment. We, we applaud your vulnerability and your honesty and your bravery, and it's been a real pleasure to have you on the show. But, yeah, like what you guys are saying, like I, I have been doing this and feeling really strongly about it for the past 10 years, mm -hmm. but it's something that I've kept pretty quiet and personal, but it's something that I do like politically feel strongly about, and I want to empower other people to make this choice. So it's, that's kind of my next, my next move is how can I... I, I was wondering if I should post on Facebook about having this 10 years since I've done self-modification in these ways, and mm -hmm. I just, I don't know what the right way is to help other people feel more confident, but at least mm -hmm. I can be a role model for mm -hmm. some people, or let people know that it can work, that I'm doing it. Absolutely. Well, um, maybe you'd be, uh, maybe a good way to do this would be to share the show that you're going to be on, and kind of have a little context to share it, because I know that it always helps to have a role model, right? It always helps to see somebody around you who's tried it and, and experienced personal success or, or a boost in confidence as a result. Yeah, thank you. And I really appreciate you guys kind of coming at it in an understanding way because I just, I really didn't want to make it seem like I judge people for wearing makeup because I think that makeup can be very cool and fun. But I, I do want to encourage people to know that it is a choice and that they have another option. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us. Yep. Uh, Lydia, any kind of sign-off you'd like to share with our fans and followers? Send us your pictures of you not wearing makeup. <laughs> if you want to. Or, or of you wearing makeup, because it's a choice. Uh -huh. And hopefully this will inspire some of you to take that leap and uh, defy society's expectations of what it is to be a female in 2016. Try some other options on for size, and we will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to another episode of Rules Aren't Real. We hope it gave you some serious food for thought when it comes to the rules you might be following in your own lives. In fact, we'd love to hear about those personal rules of yours or any other thoughts you have about our show. Join the conversation on Instagram at RAR Podcast today. If you want to learn more about Lydia or me, please visit our website at rowancoaching.com slash RAR. Thanks again for listening. We can't wait to break some more rules with you next week. See you soon. See you soon.